0: PodCraft. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Privil Taplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of talkaholics and how to deal with them. Yeah, juicy topic, huh? I bet we all have one or two talkaholics in our lives and some of you may even be one. So before I get on and tell you more about this monologue episode, I also want to mention that my podcast has been out for about three months now and I want to thank you all for listening. I've greatly appreciated all the positive feedback and the encouragement. It's truly a labor of love, it really is. And I've been so fortunate to find and hire a professional team of producers, sound editors, copywriters, that help me get out each episode out to you in high quality. So I wanna give a shout out to Dan and to Kate and to Iris and Dawn and Celine You are all incredible. Thank you so much. And this podcast is one of my contributions to better the world. And I know that might sound a little corny and cliche, but I truly believe it. I believe it starts at home. That peace starts at home and in our relationships. So I do intend to continue offering each episode to you free. So if what I say and present to you and the way that it is presented benefits you in some way perhaps you may want to support my podcast with a one-time donation or reoccurring monthly donation you can go to my website heartsharecounseling.com and press the support the podcast page or you can check out the show notes and there will be a link to go to that page so thank you i greatly appreciate it and speaking about show notes some of you may not know that I have show notes on each episode. Depending on what platform you listen, under the title, there's either the word details or more. So press that on and the show notes will appear. It tells you about my guests when I have them, what we're talking about, the bullet items and outlines of the interesting subjects that I or we discuss. It also has more information about me and my work and links to my Facebook page, Relationships Let's Talk About It. So, more about this topic, this episode of Talkaholics and how to deal with them. I talk a little bit about my understanding of what makes a talkaholic. Is it nervousness? Is it narcissism? Is it arrogance? Is it ADHD? There are many things that can contribute to it, so I go into some detail of that. I also talk about some stories of my interactions with talkaholics and what I've experimented with. And it's the big one, experimenting and practicing. If you really want to have an authentic encounter and a conversation and not have your time stolen, because that's what my experience is, that when I'm captive and I feel that I'm trapped being talked at and not talked with, I want to get out. And I want to be more authentic about confronting that person. And I do want to have a conversation at times with people that I'm invested in. So I give you tips and some pointers, some things to try out and practice. So before we get on to the show, I do want to thank my sponsor here, Still Point Wellness, located in Asheville, North Carolina. Still Point is a spot in the truest sense. All of their various services, including saltwater flotation and Esselin massage, are designed to encourage effortless relaxation to reconnect with your body's wisdom. I especially love the salt water flotation or sensory deprivation because I can just drift away in total relaxation on top of 1,500 pounds of Epsom salt water in the float tank. This experience is the perfect tool to assist you in letting go of stress and anxiety and reach deep states of relaxation. So check out stillpointwell.com and get 10% off your first float or first Esalen massage when you mention the code word PREPO. Well, let's get to the episode. Talkaholics and how to deal with them. Hey folks, I'm excited to talk about this one issue. Talkaholics. Talkaholics. Because this is up in my life. Being a therapist, I get people talking to me all day long. So sometimes I get lazy in my personal life and I allow people to just talk and give them space. And in my personal life, I want to be able to cut through. I want to be able to have equal conversation. So this is very much up in my life. And it also very much came up as an inspiration when my wife recently was going through a rites of passage of age and she made a declaration which she said i no longer want to be talked over i will interrupt i will ask to have a conversation with me and not a monologue i will not be unloaded on and so she's taking that into this new time of her life to be able to really stand up for herself and not get her time stolen away, right? People are time stealers when they talk a lot. Those are talkaholics. They have a really hard time to stop talking. This also came up for me over the holidays when I was thinking about past holidays and my family. And one of the uncomfortable memories that I have of holidays is growing up with my Uncle Harry. Everybody's got an Uncle Harry. My Uncle Harry was my grandfather's brother. And so he was probably, you know, 60s and 70s when I was a a young boy and a teenager. And Uncle Harry was a talkaholic boy. He just talked on and on and on. He lectured, he was on a soapbox, he preached whatever it was, stories of his past of being a, a butcher and then a real estate and he wanted to get his teaching lessons across to us young people. It was very challenging to just listen and listen and listen because I grew up that you have to be polite. You can't just tell somebody to shut the fuck up. You can't just walk away. Growing up, my sister and my cousins, were all victims of this. And even my mother and and her brothers, we're all victims of it, but nobody could deal with it directly. Even for me, my sister and my cousins, what we would do is we would have a little signal. This was our agreement. When one of us was trapped by Uncle Harry, we would scratch our nose a little bit. And that scratching the nose meant whoever saw it in that room would come to the rescue. They would make an excuse and pull us away. We helped each other out in doing that. And sometimes we just let each other boil a little bit. Like there was times where I loved having my sister just be trapped a little bit and she would give me that signal and I would stay there and not really come in and rescue her for a few minutes, right? Just to have that power. Yes, that's what it was. It felt powerful to be in control of somebody's rescue in some way. But boy, I would have loved to be able to confront him in an authentic way, to be able to really take care of myself. So those are some of the things that I'm going to talk about more about ways that we could really deal with it and take care of ourselves with it. And before I get to some of the ways to confront people that talk too much, I do think it's important to try to understand why people do talk too much. What makes a talkaholic? I think there are several reasons. I think one could be a symptom of ADHD. Excessive talking disorder is a symptom of ADHD, and that excessive need for all the attention to be focused on them originates also from a subconscious insecurities. They feel gratification if they can get others to listen to them all the time. They also perceive this as proof of their own worth. So this type of person fails to get in tune with other people's desires. That also has an aspect of undeveloped mirror neurons. A mirror neurons, when you're looking at somebody, you can feel what they are experiencing. So with people that talk a lot, they're not in tune with if the other person is bored or if they're tuned out. They don't have those mirror neurons developed to really know what's going on with the other person. But one of the biggest things that I think that is going on also is talking with other people distracts talkaholics from their own inner dialogue that of course each of us maintains with ourselves. It may not be because they don't care, but because they can't tolerate the emotions that might emerge as they are listening to another person. And as a therapist in my practice, I have found that many talkaholics actually use their words to stop themselves from knowing what they are feeling. Another reason people talk a lot is that they can be nervous. They may lack confidence because people who have a genuine self-esteem and self-confidence usually have no desire to monopolize the conversation. They are interested in hearing other people's points of views. And then there's the aspect of some people talk a lot because they are arrogant. There could be some aspect of narcissism. Even though they may be giving an initial impression of confidence, they are simply very conceited. They're impressed with their own selves and their own (laughs) self-importance. And they also believe that everyone else is impressed with them as well. The arrogant person keeps talking and talking because he thinks He is the only one whose opinion is important. This person would truly never listen to anyone they are talking with. And many people have never even learned the skills of communication. They may have also not been modeled good communication. I also experience in my practice that people that excessively talk may have a dominant parent usually it's a mother that they feel overwhelmed by, that they feel dominated by. So there's this feeling that they've never been heard. And so this is a way for them to be heard. Of course, nonstop talking. So without analyzing and diagnosing, these are just some aspects that you may want to consider. Of course, there's even Asperger's and autism that also some people with those disorders have this also symptom of excessive talking. So one aspect is when we know some of this, we can also have some compassion for people also, but you can still have compassion and put up your own boundaries. And so here's how, first of all, you have to feel that you have a right for your own time. When you're just allowing somebody to talk at you, they're stealing your time, plain and simple. And our time is valuable. And so one aspect is for you to really feel that you have a right to be able to also control and influence your environment the way that you want it to go in a conversation instead of just being talked at. Having that self-confidence in yourself that you have a right to be able to have it interchange the way that you also want it, that's also a first step in confronting. So some good starter sentences is, I just have to pause you for a second, or at work, like an observing coworker or boss can say something to this effect. May I tell you something that I've noticed? When Tom was giving his ideas at the meeting the other day, you interrupted several times and talked over him and continued for about five minutes. You can go on and continue to say something like, I would like you to consider letting people finish their expressions and ask more questions before you give your opinion and also give space for others opinion. Is that something you think that you can work on? So that feedback, if you're a boss or a leader or a coworker, that's something that you can practice. If you're observing something, another colleague or coworker is excessively talking in meetings, you really need to nip that in the butt because everybody probably in the meeting itself is, is getting frustrated and resentful. And we have to take leadership in order to, to move that and change that situation. And instead of people just avoiding that person, we really want to help that person to transform to be a good team member anyway. In your personal life, somebody that you have a relationship with, you can say, may I tell you about something that I've noticed? You've been talking to me for about five minutes without pausing or even inquiring into asking me any questions. I notice that I want to have a conversation with both of us sharing, is this something that you want to do? What we can also do is we can take turns. We can even put a timer on. We could each talk for three minutes. I've actually even done that timer before. I've done that with some clients that excessively talk. I have one client in particular that is one of his issues and we've really worked on it throughout the sessions and I've asked him even things like, okay, do you want people to have a buzzword? When you're talking a lot, do you want between you and I, let's have a buzzword. And so I asked him what that would be. A buzzword is basically a word that doesn't have a charge to it. Like you don't say the word stop. You say the word, maybe purple and purple means, Hey, you're talking too much. Stop. Shut the fuck up. So I asked him, well, let's have a buzzword. And at first he said, just tell me to shut the fuck up. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do it a different way. So he said, let's have the word triple. And I thought, triple? Why triple? And he said, well, in the game of baseball, triple is one of the hardest things that you can do in baseball. And shutting up is one of the hardest things that I can do. There are times where He would talk on and on, and I would say, triple, triple, and he would pause. He didn't pause long, and we had to work on the pauses. Some other things that we did was I have a little ball in my office that I like to squeeze. Sometimes what we did is I would toss the ball to him, and I would say, hey, when you have the ball, you can talk. When I have the ball, I can talk. So I would toss him the ball and he would talk. And of course, he would talk and talk. And I would make this gesture with my hand like, hey, throw me the ball. And then he would throw the ball so he would know it's my turn. So I would catch the ball. And there were times I would just hold on to it in silence and not talk. So he would get used to some silence. And then I would talk a little bit. And then I would toss him the ball. And then he would talk a little bit and hopefully he would toss the ball back to me or I'd make a gesture for him to throw the ball to me. And so we use the ball as a way of that exchange. One person talks and the other person listens because that's what a conversation is. A conversation is when one person talks and the other person listens and you take turns. We learned that in elementary school. It's good to take turns. Talkholics don't know about taking turns. Here's one expression that I've used in the past, and it's special to me, because you'll hear this, being a therapist. And I'm gonna use this way more in the future. And I would tell somebody who's talking incessantly, I would say, hey, I just have to pause you for a second. As a therapist, I listen to people for many hours a day. And at the end of the day, I can feel overwhelmed and full by listening so intently. So in my personal life, I need a balance in conversation. I need a give and take. I like to be asked questions and to be listened to also to have an equal exchange. I'm wondering if you're willing to do that with me. Boy, and when I've done that, that worked out well. People have, they have empathy for me being a therapist. So you can use something that's similar. Hey, can we pause for a moment? And pausing is so important. Teaching people that talking a lot to pause Again, that's a challenge for them because they have to feel their feelings. They have to feel the moment and that they realize that they're talking more. You might even just say, hey, can we pause? I just need to take that in a little bit. I need to digest this. "Hmm, Can we take another pause? I want to take in all the words that you've said. I like to pause again because there are some things that I would like to say right now. Is there some questions that you would like to ask me? because i'm telling you folks the one thing that i'm getting really tired of is not really telling the truth i'm really tired of saying something like um hey i'll get back to you or i gotta run or well it's nice talking to you i'll talk to you later call me we'll have lunch you know when we say those stuff we don't mean that i personally am tired of saying things that i really don't mean or making excuses just to get away I want to be able to have more authentic interactions. So that's up to you. One way, of course, if you do really want to practice just getting away from a talkaholic and you need to make excuses, go ahead and try that just to get away. But if you also want to be authentic in your interactions, I think it's good to speak your truth and really say what you want. If you do want an interaction with this person, if you do want to have a conversation, you need to request it. You need to say that that is what you want. And if you're not going to get it from that person, leave. Don't stay in that conversation. Again, it's time stealing. Your time is being stolen and you have to choose if that's how you want to be. If you do want to experiment with, let's say, make an excuse to get away because you want to stop feeling of being trapped and you're not willing to confront, you can do some things like say, hey, excuse me, I do need to go to the bathroom right now. You can have a lot of pause time in that. And sometimes you may not even come back. (laughs) That person that's talking a lot will probably find somebody else to talk to. So don't worry about that. But also you can just say, I don't have the time right now. I do need to get going. I don't think it's great to make an excuse like saying I have an appointment, but if you want to do that, you can do that. You can say, I really don't have much time to talk. I do need to leave. I have an appointment. Or I do need to run. There's things that I have to do. Now, here's another suggestion because if you are going to stay and not confront the person, I suggest that you get the best out of it. You can take flight in your imagination. Sometimes I've done this When I'm listening to somebody, I use my great memory and recall skills to think about various stories running in my mind, or I recall bits of, let's say, music, or fun travel adventures. Sometimes I tell myself even old jokes, or sometimes I tally my expenditure list, even ponder today's world issues. If you wanna make your time productive and you're gonna sit there, you can do those things in your own head or you can also practice mindfulness presence. You can actually feel your senses while somebody's just talking and talking and talking. You can look at the details of the person's face and be present with that. You can feel the body sensations of what's going on for you and that's being mindful. Basically, it's not, again, allowing your time to be wasted. That's not wasted time when you're being mindful. Another thing that you can do is break in and ask questions to the person, questions that you're actually interested in hearing, because it really doesn't matter to the talkaholics. They're going to just talk. So if they're talking about a subject, but all of a sudden you say, hey, I just noticed that you got a haircut. Where'd you get your haircut? They're going to go ahead and talk about that haircut. Or if they're talking about something that's really boring that you're not interested and you wanna say, hey, where did you go on your last vacation? Because you're interested in travel, right? So you wanna hear about travel? They're gonna talk about it. They're not gonna say, hey, wait a second, let me finish what I was saying. Usually they're not gonna do that because they just want any excuse to keep talking. So again, there are ways for you to engage yourself in the conversation if you really want to. But most of all, don't have the fear to interrupt. Allow yourself to do that, experimenting with interrupting. If you, again, take the risk to confront somebody and tell them, hey, I just need to point out what's going on here, or what I'm noticing is that you've been talking for the last five minutes, I would like to also have a conversation. Are you willing to do that? You can take that. You can do that experimentation. If the moment doesn't come that there's a pause, you have to be able to cut through to cut right in the middle of that they're speaking. They may get a bit offended, but you don't have anything to feel bad about because they forced your hand through their own mistake of going on and on. So on rare occasions, you'll come across people who are especially oblivious and will keep talking even if you interrupt and say you have to, let's say, leave. In those cases, you may have to literally walk away. So again, people, what we're talking about is boundaries. This is an aspect of boundaries. You have every right to walk away. You have every right to interrupt. You have every right to ask for what you want. And if you don't feel that you're getting that exchange, you can stop it. That's the boundary. That's your own sense of self-worth. So here's another thing that you can do, especially with somebody that you are vested in a relationship with, family member and friends you can tell them that you really do want to have a conversation with them and what you would like to do is you would like to speak for 10 minutes have an alarm clock and when 10 minutes goes off they can speak that's also training people to really listen and it's going to be very hard for the talkaholic to do that but that's one way that you can actually condition to have a different kind of conversation with somebody who, that you're just used to being talked at. That you just say, look, this is the kind of conversation that I want to have. Are you willing to do that? I would like to have a, an exchange, an even exchange of time. I'm willing to listen to all that you have to say. But I also want you to listen to what I have to say. So one of the things that we can do is we can have equal time. Are you willing to do that? Now I know some of you might be thinking, "Yeah, you know that just takes a lot of effort, and I just it's gonna not gonna work anyway, and this person's gonna keep talking, but what's gonna happen for you probably is you're gonna continue to have this underlying resentment and you don't want to feel that way, not just towards that other person, but you don't want to hold that resentment and that poison inside of yourself, feeling that you Did not do something to take care of yourself. You weren't being authentic. You're gonna have not resentment for them, but you're gonna have resentment for yourself. I know I've walked away from those kind of dialogues, let's say not dialogues, monologues coming my way that I've been frustrated with myself. Damn it, why didn't I just interrupt? Why didn't I walk away? Why didn't I tell that person what I needed? So the resentment is actually from me. I no longer wanna have that resentment towards myself that I didn't take care of myself. So some of these tips that I'm giving you is ways that you will actually take care of yourself and not have resentment towards yourself and also towards the other person. So as I was thinking about the advice that that I gave you about putting the timer on for 10 minutes, start with five. Five is a good allotment of attention span. And it also gives that back and forth. It becomes more of a flow and that person starts to feel more of that continuity even in the five minutes. You can even do a couple minutes, two or three minutes, and see if that's a flow. Another thing that I've done in the past is with a person who talks a lot that we're working on it, I have said, I'm going to talk a little bit, and then I'll ask you a question. And then it's your turn to talk. Then you can answer the question, but I want you to throw back another question to me. So here's an example. You can tell somebody about your travels. Like I can say, hey, when I was in Europe, I loved going to the Netherlands and I loved all the canals and I loved walking and not driving a car and biking. Have you ever been to Europe? Right? And then that person goes ahead and answers that. And they answers and tells a little bit about, yes, I've been to Europe and I went to Italy. I went to Italy on a vacation and blah, blah, blah. Hopefully then they're gonna ask a question back to you. Do you like Italian food? And then you can start answering that question. So you can condition each other by talking a little bit and then asking a question, and that's a cue for the other person to answer it for a little bit. Couple sentences, couple minutes, and then they ask a question back. That's a conversation, right? Being interested in what each other's world is. And that's usually what a talkaholic doesn't do. I think that idea is a really good thing to confront and to address with somebody that you're in a relationship with a colleague or a family member or friend, that you say to them, I really want to experiment in a different way that we're interacting. I want to have more of a flow between us and our conversations. I would like to experiment with, for instance, us talking, me talking for a little bit and asking a question, and then you talking a little bit and you ask me a question and we go back and forth. So you can actually set yourself up with this person to have a different transformation in the way that you have a dialogue, but you have to address it. That's the big thing. You have to name it. You have to tell this person, the way that we're communicating is not working for me. I really do want to have a relationship with you. I want to have our communication go differently. Can we experiment with a different way? Here's a story about a talkaholic that actually got trained in a time frame to be able to condense what she needed to say. My wife would give workshops and gives workshops in women's gatherings. And at the time, she would have check-ins. She wanted to have five-minute check-ins. And this particular person would go beyond the five minutes. She would even go at times for 15 minutes. So my wife knew that she needed to put a boundary around that. So she implemented a five-minute timer. And at first, this person was turned off by it. She didn't like it. And she knew that she had to do that. So she got used to doing it. She started sharing. After a while, she shared within the five-minute time frame all on her own. She condensed the meat of what she wanted to say within the five-minute time frame before the alarm went off. So she trained herself in some way. Using an alarm can actually help somebody train how they want to focus and condense to the meat of the expression that they want to convey. And my wife said that this person even became a better listener. I personally think that timers are really a good idea. I use a timer in my practice. I have in a 50-minute session, after 45 minutes, a little chime goes off on my iPhone that lets the person know we have five more minutes. And so we know that we have to wrap up. People know that. They know that they start to have to wrap up because when that other 5 minutes chime goes off for the total of 50 minutes, I do stop the session. Really what it comes down to is a lot of talkaholics, of course, have a boundary issue. So we have to implement boundaries around that. That's why I'm giving you the example of experimenting with a timer. That's a way to put a boundary around things we actually have to step in and take responsibility for the conversation by setting boundaries. Because perhaps they didn't have good role modeling in establishing these boundaries and social cues growing up. But it's never too late to learn. So those of you that are listening that are talkaholics, don't get discouraged. It is not too late to learn. In reality, when you encounter a talkaholic and you allow it, guess what? You've got a boundary issue. You're allowing it. You both are kind of lining up for that opportunity. There's no magic here. Communication is a skill, right? Just like any kind of skill. If you want to learn to drive a car, you got to go take driving lessons. If you want to go ahead and learn to play golf, pick up the clubs and go to the golf course. If you wanna learn how to have a conversation with somebody, especially a talkaholic, go practice, go seek them out. You can actually go seek out the hijacker, the incessant talker, and go practice these interventions of boundaries. But I think that you're gonna have an opportunity anyway. They're gonna come to you. I have invited a talkaholic to come on a future show, and I am going to implement what I talked about on this podcast. And we're gonna see how it goes in front of the open mic. But until then, I encourage you to go out and practice. Take small steps. Don't settle for getting trapped by a talkaholic. Don't get your time stolen. Make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor, Pripo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at adithemonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, let's talk about it, is produced by Podcraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier, at podcraft.us.